0: Hello, fam. This is Ro, and you're listening to Sick of Being Sick. Please follow, like, or subscribe, or do whatever it is that your app does to listen to our upcoming episodes. Hello, fam. Thank you for tuning into this episode. As you may see from the cover art, I am doing a little uh, friends series. And about a month ago in November for my birthday, around 20 of my friends through to Madrid from all over the world to celebrate my birthday with me. And that just gave me the idea of sitting down with every one of them and not all 20, but some of them, the closest ones, um, and asking them about their experience on, you know, processing having a close friend going through a diagnosis as such. I know that if one of my friends were to go through something like this, I would probably react really different than what I'm reacting to to myself. So just having those open conversations, um, get ready for some tears, a lot of honesty, and very enlightening conversations. Hi Lauren, thank you for looking at me, which is really strange. Sorry. Um, so, how did you feel when you first heard about my? diagnosis or like when you first heard about me being in the hospital? When I first found out, um,
1: I think naturally, like everyone, I was in shock. Um, I think I'm probably still in shock, to be fair. I know we've come a long way and, you know, we've gotten a lot more answers, but I don't think it's any less shocking. Um, I remember I was on site for a work event, so there was just a lot of things flying around. And I had to take a moment to kind of step outside of where I was and everything that was going on and just kind of like try and process what I was hearing. Um, I think obviously you want to be incredibly hopeful, like, okay, it's, you know, it's nothing. Um, It's just going to be, you know, something that they remove and like, that's going to be the end of it. But then there's this other half of you that's like, yeah, this could be really, really bad. And you just want all the answers right now. So aside from being in shock, naturally, who I am as a person, just wanted to ask all the questions um, and know all the answers right away, which of course you didn't have, no one had at the time. So I think more than anything, and I'm sure you relate, is the
0: unknown was very, very scary. What type of fear did you feel? Because I'm curious to you know like my fear versus others' fears, especially without a friendship. Um, cause I feel like it's different too. And you also have doctor parents. So I feel like you have a lot more information than the average friend around me. So I'm really curious to know like what conversations you might have had with your parents. Um, you're probably not gonna tell me anything I don't know. So <laughs> in terms of medical knowledge <laughs> that of how bad it is because I know the extent of it. Um, but yeah, i really I really want to know what the fears were
1: so. I don't know. I don't remember if I immediately called my parents, but when I talked to them, my heart sank because I could tell how quiet they were being. And like, you know, my dad and, you know, my mom, of course, but like how stoic and quiet and like serious, like you could just feel it even over FaceTime, like you could feel the weight. Mm -hmm. And I will never forget what my dad said. Like he repeated the same phrase kind of every time I talked to them and kept them updated was... I hope you understand the gravity of the situation and you need to go see her. Like if you have the opportunity to go see her, you need to do it. Like, I think you need to take this incredibly seriously and, you know, be by her side and take all the moments you have with her because it's a very, very serious diagnosis. Um, I don't know if I've ever explicitly told you those words, but they were incredibly um, matter of fact about it, which I think, as much as I've heard them talk about medical things throughout my life, I've never seen them be that serious about something. So that was pretty, like my heart's racing just thinking about it. Like I'm, I'm shaking a little bit because I will never forget their their genuine reaction, which is what scared me the most. Um, and I, you know, besides that, my dad was like, you know, if, if I'm sure she has fantastic doctors, but like we can find out, you know, connections that we have, if they want to get other opinions, she should get as many opinions as she wants to get. So, you know, immediately when they go into that overdrive mode, it's like, okay, shit, like this is sinking in. It's brutal. Yeah. Like what
0: next? I feel like in a way you had an advantage for me, at least as a friend, because it's so hard to explain people. Like for people, it was very much, and I'm sure you lived this process. It was like, the tumor was removed. Oh, Roe's fine. And then the, the, the biopsy came through. And then everybody was like, what? But they're like, oh, but the tumor is removed. And it's like the lack of understanding of like, it's so hard to explain. Like, no, no, no. But like, this is a big deal. Like the chance of this regrowing is high. Mm-hmm. Like it's still, of course... I mean, I still knock on wood and I manifest every single day that this shit is gone from my system and I feel amazing and everything has gone so well up to now. But as a friend, having somebody who like has parents who can educate her on this, so my work is not to educate you on what's happening, it's so much better because you can understand the severity of it. It's even with my own parents. It's like they don't want to Google shit, so they're not even going to understand the severity of it. And doctors, in a way, like my oncologist, I know in a way probably keeps, it's, she's very like straightforward to how bad it is, but she keeps a lot to like, it's not like, you know, she's not going to say how many years because they never say that anymore because everybody reacts differently. But it's, it's not pretty. How was your experience uh, when you first saw me in person? Because I feel like one thing is to hear the news and kind of create this world around you, of what you imagine I'm going through versus like actually experiencing it with me. So,
1: when I first stepped off in the off the plane and came out of the airport and I saw you it was it was weird because I was incredibly excited, and it kind of just felt like, "Oh, great, I'm seeing Ro like I'm, I'm with her and her mom and her sister and at first when i when I got out of the airport, like it didn't feel like the reason why I was there was why I was there and then, for some reason, we got to the apartment, and I just feel like the second I stepped through the doors, it was like this threshold of just like entering. The world, like the reason of why I was there, and I got incredibly, incredibly sad. I never shared it with you, but like felt like a full wave of depression. Like it was, it felt dark. <sighs> Trying not to like get upset thinking about it. Um yeah, it just it it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like it was, it was really fucking sad. Um I remember texting my parents and just feeling like fuck, like I wanna be here, but like I don't wanna be here because it – it's really fucking sad. Like it's, I think that might've been the first time that like it hit me like in full effect, like what the fuck was going on. And maybe it was because of like, now there was this new routine with you where like before there was no routine. Like we just, you know, whatever our day was, was our day. But now it was like, okay, like, you know, what, what's your schedule? Like, what are your meds like? Like, you know, um, when do you want to get your walk in? Like, when do we need to be back so you can take a break? Um, like when do we need to like clean clean your head, you know, like so like it was me also trying to adjust for you, for me, but also for you. like what how can I be here to help you? but also like how can we still exist together and just like do our thing? Like how can we just still like have a normal day to day while incorporating what's going on? But it fucking sucked. like it was it was like a rough couple of days and it was like yeah it was is pretty depressing i think the first time being there and i think the other really hard thing about being maybe the first person to see you and and like at least how recent everything was like you coming out of surgery and still not knowing the whole gist of everything was that i wanted to treat you delicately Because to some degree, yes, it kind of felt like that's what you needed, but I didn't because I also knew it's not what you wanted. And when it came to like being delicate, yeah, it was like, you know, again, like if we need to clean your head, like that was the delicacy of like how I treated you was like, how can I help you do the things that like, you know, you still need another person to like get through. But I made a point of, of like not treating you gently for the sake of treating you gently because it's not what you needed and it's not what you wanted. Like mentally and for the most part physically, like you were incredibly strong and it was shocking. Like it was, it was impressive and it was something to look up to. It was inspiring. I, like you've said, we couldn't believe how, how quickly like you physically responded and how your body just like bounced back. Granted, there are some other things to keep working on, but it was impressive to see you adamant and feeling good enough to take. 10,000 steps every day because you've always had an active life. As long as I've known you, you were on the weekends, on Saturdays. It was like 8 a.m., you know, I have my spin class or I'm going to the gym and then I, I get my coffee and I do the rest of the day with my friends. But like that was your thing. Like you always were doing something active. And so, you know, even when I told my parents, it was like, yeah, she's like, she wants to hit 10,000 steps every day. Like, is that like, what is your medical kind of take on that? And they were like, Holy shit. Like, if she wants to take 10,000 steps a day and she feels good enough to do it, like, great. I think some people, I had mixed emotions because some people were like, should she be doing 10? Like, should be should she be that active? And it was kind of like when I got that response from my parents as well, I was gauging everything a lot by my parents. Yeah. But like, when I got that response from my parents where they were like, that's great, I was like, cool. Like, you ended up dragging me for 10,000 steps every day. I was like, are you kidding? We're going to do another 10,000 steps in 110 degree heat Fahrenheit. Um, but so the fact that you bounce back and like, granted, there were times where you're like, yeah, we just need to take a little nap, like standard. You just had brain surgery. Um, I was there for it. And that's when I realized like, yeah, there's no, there's no bathing needed. And I hope that no one comes to visit you. Like I knew it was the first and I knew that eventually you'd get treatment and we'd see what the response was physically and mentally. But like I hope that no one came or talked to you even before they got there and felt like they needed to baby you. Unless you openly welcomed like the moment of, of like emotion and vulnerability, Like no one on a day-to-day should have treated you differently because you didn't need or want it
0: otherwise. I feel like that's a double-edged sword for me because I, as you're saying, I'm a super active person. So I have the hardest time knowing how much is too much. <laughs> so I would just go, go, go until I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> Um, But at the same time, like my family, specifically like my sister, my mom, my dad. My dad is more like if he hears other people say it, he'll say it. But it doesn't come from him. They're like, make sure you don't push yourself too hard. And I'm like, oh, like I've been a grown woman for a long time. Let me be. <laughs> so it's a hard thing to also measure. I guess what is, what was like the main difference from seeing me then to seeing me now? The main difference, it's kind of
1: weird because I, I know you're stronger. Like I know, like, obviously you've, you've had much more time between surgery, so you're definitely stronger and it doesn't seem like you need as much like downtime to like relax and like, you know, rest. But more than that, like mentally, I think you've had more time to kind of cope and figure out like how you're going to work through it. And you've also now gotten to a place where you understand what your treatment is because it's, you know, like it's something you had to start. And so you've now also become very pragmatic and like, okay, here are the next steps. Like here's how I'm going to get through it. Whereas before for you and for everyone else, which to me is still the question, right? It's like, the whole thing you were thinking before was why me? Right. And like, that's the unanswerable question. Like why you, right? Like why not me? Why not anyone else that we know? Why not? Like why the best people? doesn't make any sense. So the difference between then and now, although you probably have the same question and you'll never get it answered because there's no rational reason on This earth, if you believe in anything good, why you? No, there's no answer for it. So you'll always have that question, but you're looking at it differently. And the other thing is you're probably the strongest person I know. So if, you know, if anyone can do it, I know it's you. It's such a cliche thing to say, but like watching you do it has made me feel stronger by proxy. So it's helped us understand how to help you better watching your strength. From then until now,
0: yeah, the "why me" question—I have gone through it so much. But I've, got, I've gotten to the point that, like, I was probably given this because I can find it, and I don't. I wish I believed in some god because it feels like that would be so much easier to have something to like. But when you don't believe in a god, you got to believe in yourself, and that's what I got to do. Um, but for for last, um, is there anything else you want to share? I've never told
1: you this because I find it a very selfish thing to say, but I think everyone around us, I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of people and I, I could be wrong, but I think the hardest thing for people, which is maybe why everyone's had very different responses to, to the news and to you and to like our interactions individually, like you know, there's been different responses that we've talked about from different people and watch the grief, listen to the grief episode if you haven't already out now. Um, Plug, plug, plug. Um, I think as selfish as it sounds, back to the question of why me is literally there's a survivor's, I'm not gonna say survivor's guilt, but like as like a concept as a whole survivor's guilt. Like again, like why me? And I remember when you were in the hospital getting, I think maybe it was like your COVID test or something. We went back to the hospital that day after like you had a day of fucking poking and prodding. And I remember sitting outside the hospital and I was sitting with your mom and your mom could tell something was wrong, but obviously we were communicating via app at this point. And I also just like, I just didn't have like the emotional capacity to tell her and whatever. I called Katie and I just sat there and I cried on the phone with Katie because I was like, fuck, like- I like I'm terrified that this could be the last time I see her. Like I'm upset because she keeps asking the question why me and I, there's no answer. And the the reasonable thing is like yeah, like like how like what I just go home from this trip and I just continue with my life. Ro, I'm sure would want that, but like that doesn't feel natural. Like I just go on and you know nothing happened to me and I'm not sick. And Ro now has to go through this entire life experience that like she's gonna have plenty of people around her and she's gonna have plenty of support, but like it literally isn't it's her. Like this is her journey to take and her body to like fight through it. So there's this just like it like a survivor's guilt of just, you know, I can be there as much as as much as she'll let me or as much as I can be, but it's it's selfish, but there's just this idea of like, you know. why why should I go on normal? Like nothing is happening for me when Ro has to go through this. I feel like I've
0: been thinking so much about that because I feel like a lot of people around me feel like that. And the answer is, I feel like I am the living answer as to why. Like it's so frustrating. and, And this is also selfish from my end because I'm living this and then I see other people go on with their lives and be upset about life. And I'm like, you're healthy like fucking go for it you know do everything that you wanted to do do like I have to go through my own journey and I have the support of everybody but when everybody is like oh like you know I don't know what to do because why me or like why you and why not me and I'm like well I don't wish it upon you by any means but like I'm the living example as to why people need to start living more in the moment and like actually enjoying more the everyday. and you've only got one life. <laughs> and I feel like just speaking to you right now and like hearing you say that, I just had a thought. And I was like, I'm so at peace with what everything that's happening with me right now that it's like, <laughs> <you're gonna cry. laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm so at peace. And it's taking a long time and a lot of podcast episodes to get there. <laughs> but I feel like I'm milking every single day that I have so much that if it's tomorrow it's tomorrow and if I'm gone tomorrow it doesn't matter <laughs> it does not matter <laughs> but that's why I hope that this episode helps people with no cancer A. to know how to support people with cancer or with any other illness but also to appreciate their lives more if not just go to listen to Steve's podcast because <laughs> you can also get some inspirational shit in there <laughs> um But yeah, that's
1: my bit. That's that's what I took away from it is I know you would have wanted me to, and so I did, and it it just put everything into perspective. All my little problems, which I still talk to you about because you still want to know, and I feel stupid complaining to you about them, but you ask. But half the time I'll look at you and be like, Yeah, this is stupid because I'm not I'm not in your shoes. But it puts everything into perspective and fucking sucks that it takes some monumental shit like this to humble people but it does and you snap out of it and you're like okay small small things you know what I mean small things and I have my health and I you know I have what I need to go forward and so we get over this hurdle and we keep going and then we call you and we talk to you
0: Thank you to all my friends who came from all over the world to share my amazing birthday with me and took the time to sit down and chat about our experiences together. As you may have seen on Spotify, you can now rate podcasts on Spotify. So please head to the podcast page and hit that star button and give it a rating. As well as if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you were to... Write a review.